when I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs. I listen to the Sean Geek Podcast over on seanmcginnity.ca and you should too. This week, back again, Chadwick Ginther, author of the Thunder Road Trilogy, as well as Graveyard Mine and a host of other short stories. Uh, He's been nominated for a bunch of stuff. He's a number one bestseller. Um, So great to have him back again. Here is part two of a conversation with Chadwick Ginther. It's a new feature to Zoom they just added there. It's really allowed with the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to share screen and I'm going to play this song. This is uh, so th- this these people are called Two Minutes to Midnight. And what it is, it's a uh, it's a it's a late night talk show, but for metal nerds, but not metal, like not metal musicians, but metal nerds. Um, and they had a talk show and they would interview every episode, they would interview, you know, different musicians, you know, but musicians like Revocation or maybe one of the guys from like Mastodon or whatever. Like it wasn't like the top, top echelon because they couldn't afford those people. And uh, they did, did skit comedy and everything else. So during the pandemic, they weren't able to, to do their show. So they started doing uh, bedroom recordings. They're the ones that popularized bedroom recordings. So where they grab the drummer from this band, the guitarist from that band, the guitarist from that band, the vocalist from that band, everybody records their track separately. And then the, the host of this whole thing, he mixes everything together and makes a video of him and a whole bunch of other people collaborating on a cover song. And they're called bedroom covers. And they they cover shit they shouldn't be covering on purpose because it's funny. <laughs> so uh, in this in this clip, they're doing something Transformers related, which is awesome. So I'm just gonna share screen here. Let me know once it pops up. Can you see my other screen? Yep. Okay, I'm just going to optimize the audio. Optimize for video clip. There we go. And get ready for something really bizarre. All right, I won't subject you to the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's almost as good as watching Guar play a uh, cover Carry On My Wayward Son, though. So. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, this. Yeah, so the the guy with the corpse paint on his name is Guarcinio Hall, and he's the he's the host of Two Minutes to Late Night. I've uh, I've seen him on before. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a multi instrumentalist, and he can sing anything, anything, anything from Chris Cornell to uh, Danzig to um, like. Uh, he he can he can do a female vocal like very easily. Uh, he he's incredibly talented, and he's a he's a stand up comedian. But he uh, does up. this, and what the whole point of this bedroom covers was to 
look, none of you guys can gig. None of you guys can make money. So how about we do this? I'll put it out. And all the money he makes goes back to pay the artists. So cool. they have something to do during COVID. So they started doing it and everyone else started doing it. Paul Stanley was doing concerts from home. Um, like every artist was doing concerts from home, doing their own bedroom, you know, uh, the anthrax guys are do it too, but these are the guys that started it and their show is great. Like I can't recommend it enough. Like their talk show is great. Two minutes to late night, obviously a take on two minutes to midnight. Also a great like, song. Also a great song. Yeah. Uh, the two minutes to midnight, Todd, what is it? What, what does that mean to you? Vice city? Vice city video game. Vice city. <laughs> Now, th now that's the soundtrack. I said, see, I was segging there. <laughs> so the um, the soundtracks for the for the Vice City of Vice City video game. Yeah, that was Fantastic. awesome soundtrack. Awesome soundtrack. And the, if you go to actually, if you go on YouTube or somewhere else, they've got if you every station had its own song list, so you could actually go to each station. You know, we'd play the whole thing. Yep, I have a uh, multiple CDs of that. Are you a Vice City person? Not really a video gamer. Uh, we used to uh, use the Mech Warrior soundtrack a lot uh, in our D and D games, though. Okay. Enough. Um, yeah. No. I uh, last system I owned was an Intellivision. Oh so, my god! Yeah, I, I <laughs> wow. would I would rent a Nintendo uh, before Super NES on the weekends, and you know play until my my fingers bled and my you know. I was like had calluses and blisters popping and, and just like every hour I could get out of Nintendo, I would play. And then, uh, yeah, I went to a, went to an arcade when those were still a thing. Oh man. Mortal Kombat the, for the first time and like yeah. had no idea yeah. what the hell had just happened. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause <laughs> video games have evolved beyond me. <laughs> so finish him. Yeah. Yeah. Finish him. Yeah. Shidoku or what's Shidoken? Sudoku? What? No, no, it's not Sudoku. Shrieking? No. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So yeah, the so the idea in the game is when you're driving around, you can flip your your radio station in your car that you're driving, and there's multiple in Vice. I think Vice City was the first game to use that mechanic, and you could while you're driving, you could just literally drive around for hours and just keep flipping the radio stations, and they had like 45 minutes to an hour of content per radio station. Yeah. And I think in Vice City, I don't know how many they had. They had quite a few. But uh, the new the new uh Grand Theft Auto, I, I just played it for the for the really for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And it's like the dial of radio stations you can listen to is ridiculous. Yeah, there's a and few. It's all great songs. It's like songs you you forget about like, "Oh my god, that song's so cheesy, but it's so great." So yeah, that's my that's my next pick. All the Grand Grand Theft Auto ones, and it's like, and there's a station like there's a hip hop station, there's a hair metal station, there's a uh, like everything. There's a techno station. Like it's you just pick the station you like, and you can literally drive around in the car for hours just listen to the radio. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Cool. Todd Todd has done that, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Todd's a Grand Theft Auto guy, big big time. Not in real life, <laughs> just the video game. Yeah. Well, now he's got me stuck on this state of decay too. So <laughs> I'm driving that around, but now I'm driving over zombies. And I was actually yeah. game designing. Uh, I, I I have most of the game done, but I was game designing uh, for State of Decay, 
game design in terms of I wanted to turn it into a board game or like a not not a role playing game but like an actual board game emulating that game that game needs to be made into a board game it's it's awesome yeah that'd be probably easy to do it's it'd be easily transferable to a tabletop well, game well Todd you you te- you beta tested the board game with me that's what it was it was state of decay oh that's what that was based that's off that's what of. that was yep i had to change the names and stuff for copyright reasons but okay yeah, you had things from different games together in your game to make it that game. <laughs> yeah. Pieces I, I from use, this game, pieces use, from that game. Not have you ever have you ever designed like a board game before, Chadwick? Uh, I have dabbled. Uh, a, a buddy of mine made his own uh, his own zombie uh, tactical miniature game. Okay. Um, that started off. He he built a whole miniature terrain for it. So it started off in a trailer park, and then he ended up moving it to a mall. And so he built a little like. It was like a sort of like a, a um, I don't know, like a reality TV sort of game show. So you're you're hunters okay. are going in trying to either kill zombies or find food or you know gather okay. supplies and sort of stuff. And you're like oh, dropping this awesome. ball full of zombies. It's like hundred games. Yeah, and like but the minis he painted right like for the zombies and for the hunters like. I, uh, my first, my first mini was a, an Elvis impersonator with two Uzis and like, <laughs> I, and it got, like it got super weird. Like I had like a gorilla with a human brain that had two baseball bats. <laughs> it was just like, it was that just wild. Great, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, but I haven't, haven't really looked at, a doing a board game myself. I, I did a, I did kind of a, uh, fantasy reskinning of the zombies game at one yep. point. Okay, um, that had a little bit more like character. To, like, so you weren't just moving a pawn. Like, it you had you had different moves if you were a thief or a fighter. Or, oh, okay, gotcha. Or sort of thing, that sort of thing. That, well, they, I think they had a game that was medieval uh that used the same rules but i only ever owned zombies so i kind of that was what i reskinned i love that zombies board game that zombies board game is amazing i have too many of the expansion kits yeah and i I love the i love the buildable map as you go like that to me was super fun was that the first game to really do that it's the first one that i played that yeah it was for me too but wow what what yeah I, i still play zombies to this day it's still one of my faves my wife's bored of it though like she's moved on to uh a couple of other uh board games we uh we play we used to play pandemic a lot and then the pandemic happened yeah it's real one and it just it did i don't know i, I can't play anymore i, I think like I, I i opened up my copy of uh cthulhu pandemic like just before the actual lockdown oh really <laughs> Like uh, <laughs> who knows when I'll feel like playing this again? Yeah, uh, no. And I got my uh, I got my Evil Dead uh, board game that I backed on Kickstarter. Finally, again, just just before the lockdown, it finally showed up. And I'm like, when am I gonna actually get to play this with my friends? I've been waiting a couple <laughs> yeah. years. Now. Yeah, we're uh, Todd was just saying earlier. He's he's getting a shot on his second on Friday. I'm getting mine on Saturday. My wife got hers yesterday. Our mom's already done. Uh, your girlfriend, Todd, she's got the second one. Uh, she's she's the same uh, same time as mine. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 
I'm like, I'm just like counting down the days. Like I want a game so bad. I'm designing, um, not a, not a game system, but I'm trying to actually, since I have you here, this is perfect timing. Since I have you here, I we're, we'll get back to the soundtracks in a second, but I, I did want to ask you because you, you, you've played a lot of different systems, more systems than I have. I've played probably about 10 different systems only, but I'm trying to, so what I'm trying to do is, is the, the game that I'm, that I'm trying to set up is based on the, the book series that I'm second book into right now. And the whole idea is I want to play the game in the not playing the same characters or anything but just use that world as the game setting and then just kind of it's its own thing and i'm trying to find a system that would work best for it but that is the least um complicated for players to jump in okay. because there's a lot of systems that you once you pick up the system it's like okay everyone read the book and they're like i ain't reading that that's you know 260 pages of gobbledygooses i know how to play D D five or I know how to play D and D third, you know, like, so I, I'm trying to find a system that will emulate the world that it's in. And it's, it's a modern world where an event happened and the event, there is a, a central zone where technology just doesn't work. So if it's mechanical or if it's ele electron electronical, <laughs> electrical, uh, nothing works within that dead zone and the dead zone extends out from the coast of Vancouver Island in as far as Manitoba and that same range going south. So within that zone, that's where the game will take place. So technology is incredibly limited. So you can use swords, you can use clubs, uh, things that aren't overtly uh, 20th century or 21st century, I guess. So I'm looking for a setting that'll handle that, but also in the world, people will have sorts of sorts of um, they may potentially have a mutation, <clears throat> but only a single mutation that just gives them an, an advantage. It doesn't make them able to take out if they're going against a, a squad of cops, they would never take out a squad of cops. They could easily be outnumbered, but they do have an extra advantage in a fight. So looking for something that could handle that. I can write the, the world. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I just need a system that could handle it. Uh, I think Savage Worlds could handle that. Uh, I just play it's a it's a generic system, so it's made to it's made to handle everything from like Roman legionnaires to sci-fi uh, to like traditional D and D. They recently did a Kickstarter for um, the Savage World rules, but to evoke the feeling of the Pathfinder uh, RPG. Okay. They've done a they've done a Rifts Kickstarter, so it's their rule set, but using the Rifts world from the old Palladium games from the eighties and nineties, uh, which was very much like an event happened and magic is real, but there's also super high technology. So you've got guys in okay. suits with like handheld rail guns walking around, you know, fighting wizards and oh, like, okay, yeah, it's like crazy wild. Uh, so I am. Based on your recommendation for on Twitter, I have I am reading through Savage Worlds right now. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like that system. Uh, I think also uh, I'm playing in a Forbidden Lands campaign right now, which uses uh, a version of the Mutant Year Zero engine. Uh, it's a Swedish game. Um, not familiar with that one at all. Mutant Year Zero, I think, is against like a post-apocalyptic kind of world. Uh, very simple core mechanic. 
which okay. is basically you roll your uh, you roll your um, attribute and whatever relevant skill, and okay. potentially get bonus dice if you have like good gear or somebody is helping you. You could get like a you know a bonus dice from that. You're rolling six sided dice. You get a success if you roll a six. The more sixes you get, the more potent the successes. Okay. okay. And if you get no successes you can choose to push it and re-roll. But then if you get any ones, you take attribute damage. Okay. So, and then that's usually comes like the meta currency for um, powering your abilities. So what, system, you what take, system is that one then? Uh, it, well, I'm playing Forbidden Lands, but it's based on, I think, the Mutant Year Zero system, mm -hmm. which has like an SRD uh, that I believe you can, as long as you oh, credit the system, okay. You can you can publish uh, rules for it. Um, oh, okay. You know, you can use those rules in in game products and sell them. You just have to credit the yeah. The, yeah where you the rules are on their website uh, for what okay. you legally. Okay, I'm right uh, That's a great system. I love the system for Forbidden Lands. Um, I haven't played Mutant Year Zero, but they're based on the same mechanic. That's the mechanic they use for the new Alien. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's the same as that. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. Dylan, who we are, yeah. Dylan, right, who we both know is that that's the aliens, the game he's playing, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, so yeah. Super, he was super solid system. I think pretty flexible, uh, pretty customizable if you wanted to make it your own. Um, otherwise, I mean, I don't know. I think feel like gamma world is kind of going far afield, but far yeah, back. I think, yeah, I, I'm uh, familiar with gamma world. You know, the Savage Worlds looked good. And uh, my buddy Mark, who I've been gaming with for 25 years, he's like, you know what? I think this is the one that worked. And I saw your, that you were going through it. And I'm like, hmm, never heard of it before. So I started looking at it. There's some weird mechanics in there that I think I just got to wrap my head around, but using playing, like playing cards. and Yeah. Weird well, it, it sort of, I think it has its origins from the old version of Deadlands that came out in the 90s. And okay. because that was like a weird Western, it was very yeah. much like playing card based. And yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it uses a mixture of cards and dice. And but it and looks easy it, though. I like I like is. the whole idea that it's a dice per. If you're average, you're a D four. If you're a little bit better, you're a D six. I, I like that. The mechanic is. It, yeah, the, the, mechanic. the mechanic works really well. It's very elegant when you're playing. Uh, I'll say have that you actually played it at a table. Yes, I have. Rules. Yeah. And and it, it flows well. It, it flowed very well. I mean, I was playing with people who had played it before and uh, like they knew an it. awesome be like an awesome uh, game master. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the experience playing it. And my only my only caveat about Savage Worlds is that the, I find that the game plays better than the book reads, and that's I think just me. Mm. Like I don't like reading a generic game system. Like some of the like the flavor, like if you're reading like yes, like like yeah, a yeah, because it's just gener generic rules. Here's the rules. I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna add any any. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying because I read through the basic because I thought of using basic role playing system because mm -hmm. I have the basic book, but it's like there's too many options being offered. Like that's the thing is like okay, now if you're doing a sci-fi campaign, you can add this rule in, and if you're doing a fantasy campaign, and there was just too many things like okay, I got I need a flow chart to get through the basic rule book to decide what I'm using and not using. And then how do I show that to my players? So they know what they can and can't like, it, it was just, 
Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I never got into GURPS uh, in the earlier days of, of GURPS. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a generic universal role-playing system, right? And it, I didn't find it interesting to read, even though some of the right. supplements were really interesting. And so I, I never really ran or played it. Um, but I, I really enjoyed playing Savage Worlds. Really? Okay. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like the book okay. is bad. It's just that you read it and you're like, yeah, that, that looks okay. And then you get it to the table and you're like, this, is, this was awesome. I had a great time. I was leaning, I was leaning towards it, but I, but I wanted to talk to someone that actually played it. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I played it for my buddy Kevin's birthday marathon. Uh, so he did like four sessions, uh, over Kevin, who you were telling me about before. Yeah. Kevin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, yeah, it's on his, it's on his, uh, his live play channel, but he's done a bunch of other Savage World stuff. If you want to sort of get a feel of what it's like at the table. Have you, have you played Sentinels? Uh, is that the superhero one? Yeah, I haven't played that one. No. So I, I, my, a buddy of mine who's able to blow up the, uh, uh, blow up the Twitterverse every time he he asked for me to to see like okay this is the setting and I think you actually were playing a part of the oh is that the is that uh, Shane Shane yeah 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 do you know do you know Shane uh and he follows me on Twitter now um. But yeah, we, I've interacted with him a, a couple of times. I think we were talking about Star, Star Frontiers or something. Yeah, something. that's the that, that if you ever get the opportunity to be GM'd by that guy, jump at it. He he's 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 a lot younger than us, but I don't know how the hell he does it. But he is like probably he might be my favorite GM of all time. He is so good. And I'm a guy that never plays. I'm the guy that always runs. I'm always the guy that runs. And when I played in his campaign, I was like 12 years old again. He, he was just so good at crafting a story. He was just freaking amazing. And I play with people that have authored gaming books. Like, you know, and this guy was that good. He's just that good. So, um, yeah, he actually, so he blew up, he blew up Twitter for me so I could get, get a few games to look at and, People kept recommending uh, mutants and masterminds, but I, I played mutants and masterminds to death. I ran like I ran a seven year campaign in M and M, and I I kind of don't want to go back. Yeah, I I, pl I played a handful of handful of games, and I, I've never ran it, but uh, it didn't it didn't scratch my superhero itch. I guess um, I, I I hold up every superhero game to the old Marvel superheroes uh, oh, yeah. game, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I uh, recently ran a, ran a short campaign in that again. Um, but I really want to try Spectaculars, which I think I mentioned in that thread. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tiny Supers looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I've heard awesome things about Sentinels. Uh, my buddy Perry, who runs lots of games, uh, did that. Uh, I think he picked that, that up on Kickstarter. Um, I, I just saw one that came uh, came across my Twitter feed that I'm going to buy just for the title alone. It's called Villainous Fucks, and you play super villains. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i need to own this i don't care if i ever oh play it. it okay that's okay that, that like just on that alone i'm like totally sold <laughs> that's awesome uh what's the other one he said here there's something called this one was interesting it's called squadron uk i don't know that one uh, yeah i don't know that one either it's like but there, I mean, anybody can publish nowadays right masks right. was another one um, masks i've heard good things about um yeah Wild Talents was the other one. Um, that was one of the things I was going to suggest uh, as a possible rule set too would be uh, using the Powered by the Apocalypse rules, which are very easy 
for players who don't want to read a ton of rule books because they only they only need to read their their playbook like you would make a playbook for the various types of archetypes okay gotcha, uh, gotcha. Like i just ran a i ran a monster of the week game which is sort of uh you know sort of like playing in the buffy verse or oh, okay natural that sort of thing and i, I said yeah, yeah, it yeah. In graveyard mind uh books um but you could you could like all they need to know how to do is like, okay, I'm playing the monster character or I'm playing the guy whose family was murdered by monsters or I'm playing, you know, the, the expert who knows all about monsters and they just have to learn what's in their playbook and the basic moves, which are like, yeah, I like that. I like that. In, in that game, it's like kick some ass, uh, re- uh, investigate a mystery, uh, help, a, help another hunter. Like they're like very simple sort of stuff. Right. And all you're doing is rolling 2d6 plus your attribute and That's very simple. it's very simple to play uh yeah. it, i had to get my head around running it because it's very not D uh yeah. to prepare for a session uh, but cool. when you've been when you've been playing D for so many years sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around a different concept i think that's why mutants and mastermind work for me because it's it's third edition right right and it's, it's like okay i can do this and i actually we started the the, the seven-year campaign we started in marvel superheroes role-playing game and then I heard about this Steve Kenson dude, and I'm like, "Oh, what's this?" I'm like, "Oh, this is cool." And I, I, I spent probably a month converting every single character, every NPC, over to mutants and masterminds, and we did it. And then they came out with the second edition. I'm like, "You bastards!" Like, because <laughs> they they were not the same. Like, second edition was way different. And then it it, it became from being you know like having Moon Knight and maybe iron fist and you know that level hero to being okay now we're all like captain marvel and iron man like overnight like because the everything doubled up so if you had a range power at range range one it was 10 feet and at range two i think is it's 100 feet you just add a zero and then at range three well you know just do the math it's like whoa 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 like i i I don't like powers exponentially getting like that much better. Like it's, it's too much. So yeah, I fell out. But now there's a third edition of Mutants and Masterminds. Of course, yeah, the collector of me is like, I just want to go buy it. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I always want to buy all the games. It's like Kickstarter is so dangerous to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not on Kickstarter on purpose because I'm a, I'm a mark. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, they sound really nice. Yeah, <laughs> just like, oh, what's you know, a Hellboy game using fifth edition D and D rules. I feel like I need that. Oh, there's another superhero. <laughs> of I, do. I need to back that too. Yeah. So this is a perfect segue to the next part of the show, which I want to talk about. Still staying with with soundtracks, but this is the part of the soundtrack I want to talk about. Where, so if you're doing something creative or playing video games, because I want to make sure Todd's involved in the conversation because he's not a table topper like we are. But now when I play video games, this is what I do. I've got my phone and I've got YouTube music set up, plug my earbuds in here, put them in my ears, and then I take my headset for my Xbox and put it over top of the earbuds. And I'm always get a soundtrack playing while I'm playing video games. You know, it's it's not super loud or anything. You know, I want to be able to hear the game and the people talking in the game and stuff. But I always have a soundtrack playing while I'm playing video games. 
I am sure when you're running a game, there's probably a soundtrack either playing in your head automatically or you're actually playing something audio for the players to hear. So I wanted to talk the what you would listen to while gaming either tabletop or video game. Right. Uh, I know you don't play video games, so but I'm putting that in so uh, as an well, too. I if I'm running, I, I, I typically run a lot of D D. So you're kind of we're I mean the Conan the Barbarian soundtrack is is a staple, absolutely. Is uh, that your top though? My top? Uh, is that your top? Because it's my top. Yeah, it, it it's definitely the D&D. one I use the most for D and D. Uh, yeah. But I also use uh, Pirates of the Caribbean a lot. Uh, I I use uh, I've used Van Helsing a lot. Uh, wait, wait, wait! What Pirates of the Caribbean? Really? Yeah. Now I've I've saw the movie when it came out, and then I moved on. Yeah. Uh, I have to go back and revisit it then. I've used uh, I've used the Lord of the Rings soundtracks. Oh yeah, yeah. I that's used, that's I used Braveheart that's... back in the day. Um, Braveheart. Okay. That's more uh, Celtic sounding, yeah. Assuming, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of the Marvel uh, when I was running my my MCU uh, set Marvel superheroes game, I was actually going to go and pick up all of the Marvel scores. Okay. Um, just to to use start using those and see if my players would catch it. You know, like if like Iron Man was going to show up or whatever, I start playing. Yeah, music. yeah. <laughs> Play the Iron Man song. Uh, Iron but, Man song. Um, yeah, I used I used those a lot. I like the there's there's some cool tracks uh, like from Aliens and RoboCop uh, mm. that I found from the scores that uh, from those scores that I've used a lot. But just I think as a as a whole soundtrack, probably probably Lord of the Rings or, or Conan would be my would be my top for what I've used. Yeah, I think those are my top too. I use Gladiator as well quite oh, a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, Gladiator is a good one because. That's Zim- I believe that's Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and, I think uh, I've used a lot of Hans Zimmer soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, Able. He, you know, he doesn't really get the credit that like John Williams gets, you know, like. But dude, the like the guy's amazing. He's he's really good. The, he gets you right into the scene. But he's not. Yeah. I don't find he's so over the top that it just sounds like John Williams. All the stuff is like, hey, that's a theme song. It's not right. a sound it's a theme song so i always try to i don't know i don't want a theme song in my in my dnd uh too it, much. it's t- i think that's one of the reasons why even if, like when i'm writing i'll i'll listen to modern music more than i'll listen to classical or scores or instrumental kind of stuff uh, we'll, we'll but, get into that in a sec we'll get into but that. I the, say that. The, but at the table uh i don't i want i don't want uh unless i'm like using it for a very specific purpose I wouldn't want a song with lyrics. Uh, oh, God, no. Yeah. Todd, um, do you listen to music when you're video gaming? Actually, well, because I play Grand Theft Auto and music are listening to the radio station. So it's whatever was oh, going on the station. So I don't really need to put extra music in. But uh, when Tomb Raider first came out, the video game for PC, uh, I can't remember if it's one or two or three or one, one of the beginning ones. And I was really amazed at the the sound when they were in, um, say, pyramids and stuff like the just the the ambiance type music in the background. It's kind of like a score, I guess, but it wasn't anything definitive. Uh, but it had a very it, it it immersed you into the game. That's how it was. 
I mean, you had the headphones on and then you had the reverberations and everything that goes inside the, the caverns and stuff. And then that music in the background was really, was really awesome. But uh, for games like, uh, I don't think State of the I wonder, has a, I wonder if you, I wonder if you can get the Tomb Raider. I, I actually be curious to give it a listen. Like it might work well for if you, I'm sure on YouTube, if you look at, Oh, I'm sure the, you know, the gaming music, the game music, it'll be there but for Seattle decay i don't think there's a radio station i'd no the cars sound really cool though <laughs> yeah the sound in state of decay is like out of this world yeah um I, I, I started uh finding a lot of i think it was after stranger things came out i started finding a lot of uh synth wave and dark wave instrumentals on youtube that i would listen to uh while writing or if i was running a a modern or sci-fi game and that was synth wave okay or dark wave like, like imagine what the this the opening music for stranger Things. Yeah, yeah 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 but just there's uh compilations that i found and on youtube and it'll be like an hour hour 40 hour and 40 minutes just like perfect yeah ambient but awesome yeah, for me, uh, like the same the same choices as yours for for tabletop. But I, I I've tried di- I've tried different things. Like when I'm writing, um, the the Inception soundtrack because of the like the book the book series I'm working on right now. It's based on it's based on that like that music fits perfect. Um, I don't know if you've given it a listen. The Inception soundtrack is like out of this world. I oh literally put it what I would here when uh, when i watch the movie so yeah. yeah it it's worth digging into it's it's perfect writing music i would um during my lunch breaks i would you know take a take a lunch break from work and go park my ass at at uh tim hortons or starbucks or somewhere and just put the headphones in and put the inception soundtrack in while i was writing it, it worked for particular scenes that worked like for this kind of book that i was writing it, it, it was just perfect it was it added ambiance it added um tension um, if I had a particular, you know, if there was a tense scene, there's particular songs from that soundtrack that just, and, sorry, the score, I should say, that were just like perfect. It was just like, okay, like I noticed that my writing would get more tense <laughs> as I was progressing through the soundtrack. Like, okay, this is the tense part of the movie. This is the tense part of the soundtrack. And now this scene is tense. It's like, oh, I didn't know this scene was going to be tense, but it just, you know, it, it guides you there. Uh, that's my number one, like hands down. Um, but if I'm writing different stuff too, like I, I, I've written a lot of stuff, I, I've written a lot of stuff, but I haven't like published a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I'm not prolific like you in that, in that regard. But, um, when I was writing, um, it was more of a dystopian, um, uh, book about someone who just loses faith in, in everything and just g- goes off. And he was, uh, just going off and finding himself, I started listening to a lot of electronica and there's a lot of amazing electronica soundtracks that uh, work really well for that style of writing. Um, but the soundtrack for the mass effect games. I've heard good things about those. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I know it's, uh, like for, for finding a tone, like when I was trying to trying to finish uh, too far gone and it's sort of apocalyptic, uh, I, I ended up digging up, uh, like a lot of black metal and Norwegian death metal and stuff like oh, that. Oh, sort of like, de- yeah, that stuff. Uh, yeah, dug into dug into that, which wasn't 
particularly in my wheelhouse before that, but it kind of felt like I needed something a little, uh, a little different. Uh, that's, that's, that actually works good. Cause it's very atmospheric. The singing is, is in, you can't understand what they're singing anyway. So, right. you know, it actually, it wouldn't distract from the writing, I think, but if you're, if you're running a game too, I think it would work very well. Yeah, it's, it's funny how I, do, I don't get distracted by by lyrics when I'm when I'm writing, and sometimes they'll they'll be happy accidents. Like uh, I kind of reached a point, I finished a chapter, and it was sort of a I don't know, I'm not sure what happens next. And then the randomizer on my on my you know my music app queued up ACDC. If you want blood, you've got it. And I'm like, I guess we're having a fight, and I know how that's going to go. So I just like I wrote like. <laughs> I thought I was done writing for the day. And then I wrote a 2000 word uh, fight scene immediately after, because that song hit and I'm like, Nope, time for a fight. And yeah, it was perfect. I I don't know how Thunder Road would have turned out if that song hadn't come up when it did. I, I, when I was listening to there, there's one album I was listening to that, that I imagined, I I imagine listening to the album and and reading your books would have been uh, Mastodon's Leviathan. It's, and I'm like, yep, yep, Thunder Road right there. Thunder Road right there, totally. I, I highly recommend it. It's I've I've written to it before. It's okay. it's it's metal, but it's there is a, an atmosphere to that whole album, and it's a concept album. It's about Moby Dick. It's an album about Moby Dick. And there's just a whole narrative, and I don't mean lyrically, I just mean sonically. It's just you, you could write you could listen to the whole album and just write the whole time and then come up with like a whole uh, flow of, of us of one scene to the next for like, you know, an hour of writing. It, I don't know. It's, it's one of those perfect ones. Todd, do you get uh, anything else? Uh, no, for games and stuff, I've, it's pretty much whatever's whatever's playing. I've, I've I was in the habit of World of Warcraft. Anything that was in the background, because if when you went to a city or something, the music would all change. And when you go into the settings and stuff, you go to the music. Um, and what I do is when you go into different cities and stuff, or if you're going out of the city, it all has different music and stuff that they have in the background. Um, is it like it's fantasy? A, is it fantasy music? I'm not as yeah. Um, it's kind of a yeah. It's kind of fantasy music. But after a while, I mean, it's the same thing you hear over and over again. So then it's just like, okay, enough. I just so it's not like a true playlist or anything. It's just kind of the. No, I don't. I don't tend to put any playlists at all when I'm when I'm playing a game because it's it, it's usually entertaining in its own where I don't really need to uh, to do that. And if it's first person stuff shooters, you need to kind of hear everything. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, it gets really distracting. So, so for the type of games that I play, other than Grand Theft Auto. Um, I don't. I don't usually have any music playing. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think my favorite soundtrack. There, there, there was a soundtrack to a game. It was an indie game. It was one of those games released on Xbox, and they actually released the game for a buck. You could buy it for a buck from the Xbox Game Store. Ooh, and it was. Ooh. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. There is a game that I did like the soundtrack, but it was the very beginning, and it was. I think it was one of your games. And it was for Super NES, I believe. Oh. Uh, and it was a superhero one. God, I can't remember what the name of the game was. NES? Spider-Man? It could have been. 
could have been one of those games. Oh, I can't remember the For name. the NES or the SNES? SNES, I believe. There was a Spider-Man and X-Men game there that I played all the time on there. Maybe it was Spider-Man. Maybe. It's interesting now because there's there's bands that actually come out now that, um, well, the stuff that Thomas was making us listen to a, a few episodes ago, Ninja Sex Party. Are you familiar with those, with that band, Chadwick? I am not. <laughs> you gotta check it out. It's fucking awesome. They, they're, they're nerds. They do nerd music and they, all the songs are about nerd culture and they're, they're great. They're like kind of one of the great parody bands, but they're not parodying other songs. They're actually coming up with like original songs. They do do covers, but, and it's just a two, a two person band. Um, I can't remember their, the names of their two characters. And in every video they do, they're playing this two same characters uh it, it, they're they're just great but they um they they use video game music too a bit in their songs and they have a secondary band that does they use like you know the two-bit sounds of you know, old nintendo and stuff and that's a whole would you find one todd no i'm i'm just trying to look and see if i could find that one but um, yeah. So there was a game. Yeah, like I was saying, there was a. It was a one dollar game, and I always when Xbox opened up their system to allow indie game developers to sell their games on Xbox, um, it was a huge thing. So you saw these indie guys, indie people come in and make games that they could sell on Xbox for like ten bucks, fifteen bucks, and there was a game called "I Made a Game with Zombies in It." Was the name of the game. <laughs> And the guy, it was a one-person thing. The guy did everything. He he made the game, and he decided to do the soundtrack. So he decided to record a soundtrack for it. And the, it, and the song ends up being like eight minutes long, and it just loops through the whole game as you change levels. And the lyrics of the song are great. It it, it It's like the perfect soundtrack, and the lyrics are along the lines of, I made a game with zombies in it. And I'm releasing it for a dollar so you, that you buy it. Um, <laughs> the next level is where things get a little funny. Like, he's just like, he's literally describing the game. <laughs> and every level has a different style of music. So every every time it changes, like every couple of minutes, like it's a different level. And it's a different style of music. It's like from dance music to rock to metal. And it's for it's an eight minute. And you can get it on Spotify too. Um I made a game with zombies in it. It's just the best thing that's ever been released in music and video games. And it's a top, top down shooter, like the old gauntlet arcade game. Okay. And it's super simple. It's a four player and it's a buck. I bought it right away. And then to, to, to even be more of a nerd, they released it on rock band and I bought it on rock band. So me and my wife could play it on our instruments <laughs> to this silly little one dollar game just so this guy could make a couple more bucks because he only made a dollar off us the first time but he made 4.95 off of us on rock band <laughs> you gotta check it out man it's like the best ever and the, the the silliest simplest game but i mean i don't know how many people paid a buck but he probably made a couple of bucks but how many people score their own game like, does anybody yeah. do it? 
I know Robert Rodriguez is a filmmaker. He scores his own films. He directs it. He writes it. He's the cinematographer. He does like everything. Yeah, I, I love that. I love how he has his credits. Cut and shot by. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like he's so he's so indie, but yeah. he's putting movies out in theaters and stuff. And the guy's still making money because. He isn't paying, you know, 30 people to do all these jobs. He's doing everything by himself. He's like, you know, guerrilla filmmaking. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. So any other soundtracks? I, I, I We should cap it off fairly soon. But any other soundtracks sure. you want to throw out? Either for gaming, video gaming, tabletopping, uh, or writing? You know, the uh, the um, Diablo score from oh. the first game, I remember being like, fun and atmospheric um i haven't played diablo in years but it kind of I, I played the shit out of that game and uh and i i just i liked you know there definitely i liked some uh some of how uh you know it would change up depending on on your situation uh maybe you know, throw a musical out there for something different uh, the evil dead the musical uh oh. original cast recording <laughs> It's fucking awesome. Um, and for foundational ones, going back again, uh, you this might be on your list too, but uh, the Lost Boys soundtrack. Oh, God. Oh, you know, it's not on my list. It should have been, though. Man, that was an amazing soundtrack. I just actually listened to an interview with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Jason Patrick on uh, the Michael Rosenbaum podcast. Okay. Phenomenal. They talk about the soundtrack. They talk about the making of the film. They talk about like everything that went into it in terms of, you know, how it was a big chance they took making that film. Like that film should not have been successful, but because everyone gave a shit and, you know, worked really hard, like it ended up being like a killer movie with they, they were saying, talk about the soundtrack. That was the soundtrack that changed everything else. Maybe it wasn't the crow. Maybe it was actually lost boys that changed how soundtracks worked afterwards. Oh man! Oh, I gotta go back and listen to it now. Where's <laughs> Bjorn? Awesome. Twist and shout, and the uh, ball, ball. Oh yeah. <laughs> ball, ball. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a that was a crazy soundtrack. Yeah, like it did it it made Yellow huge. Yellow, like they defined their career on that one song in one soundtrack. I wonder how they stumbled upon it. Whoever was in charge of a music for the actual movie. So now is it the director who picks the songs? Not always. No. Sometimes it is, but not always. It all depends. Sometimes there's a musical uh, person who does all the music and arranges all that and and it's all a licensing thing. Oh, what can we get for this movie? Oh, we got to pay Columbia. We got to pay, um, you know, capital. We got to pay whatever. Like, it, it's hard to get the rights to music. It's a yeah. I think. Well, I, mean, I think yeah. I think there's like rights issues for the rebroadcast when you, um, you know, release it on home video or whatever. Like sure. that's a whole separate thing, and streaming is a separate thing. And but um, yeah, it's. I think. Uh, there's an interview somewhere where Tarantino like knew what every song that he wanted to have in his movies, but he would never write them into the, into the screenplay. 
because then they knew that he wanted it and it wasn't one of their options. Right. So oh, yeah, sure. So it's like, you can't let them know that, that you're the, that they're the first choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, Todd, do you get any other soundtracks to throw? Uh, no, I was going to say that, um, actually spite uh sorry superman one mm. now now this isn't anything to do with a soundtrack but i just noticed just just by looking at at um, the pictures from the actual movie come on, i can't get this up here too many windows open where is it uh sorry i was gonna say Chadwick looks like one of the villains from Spider from Superman <laughs> one. I've, I've got a, I've got a, I think I've got a bit of a Terrence Stamp as Zod thing happening right now. Uh, not enough Widow's Peak, but yeah. Zod, yeah, a little bit. Zod, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of hit me. I was like, "Geez, I should look that up." Maybe I was just seeing things. Now that you say it, I can see it. I, I just need to get some poofy pirate sleeves and. There you uh, go. We're good to go and shave your and well yeah he's his he still has hair but okay so so i have i have a question related because that was the john williams uh theme so the 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 main theme for star wars the main theme for for superman which which one wins i mean i i love star wars way too much um the star wars theme is almost always in my head but i cannot see even a comic book picture of superman or that s sigil without hearing that theme mm -hmm. yeah. i think i i'm never gonna i'm never gonna shake that theme um when i think of superman yeah oddly enough uh it's it's not the main star wars theme that gets stuck in my head it's the cantina music that gets stuck in my head from star wars yeah it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think i think superman I like i i don't like superman as much as like star wars but the the score i remember watching it and if that score if someone else had done the score i don't think the scenes would have had as much resonance as like you know when you hear the whole da, 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 like it you feel it like right to your bones like yeah yeah that's that's superman it's yeah, like the fact that they actually used any other theme in any other Superman movie afterwards, it, it's almost blasphemous in a way because that is just, it's like the perfect, you know, you get Patrick Stewart as Professor X. It's blasphemous for anyone else to play that role or, you know, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Like to me, the the theme, the Superman theme, like it's 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 the theme. There is no other theme. Like it's the only one that I don't know. Yeah. Did he win an Oscar for that? I hope I hope he did. I don't know if he won. I'm sure he's won an Oscar at some point. But I don't know if he's Oh, he's won multiple Oscars. He's the I think he's the the person that's won the most Oscars of anyone in history. But I mean but, like well like what else has he done? Like Indiana Jones and Jaws and like Closing Counters. That one sticks out, that one sticks out for me, the Indiana Jones theme song. Oh God. you uh, I think he did Harry Potter too, didn't he? Like it's just uh, probably yeah, he did clo uh, um, uh, close encounters uh, in the space odyssey. He did that was him as well, I believe. Like, how do you like this guy's had more 
hits than Michael Jackson. If you think about it, like honestly, like he's had more like hits than any pop star. It's pretty pretty impressive. But he's probably the king of soundtracks. Who who would you uh, would you agree, Todd? Uh, with the uh, the repertoire that he has, I would say yeah, he's probably get he probably has more money than than Michael Jackson has or had. You think? Uh, or do you think that it doesn't pay as well? I wonder. I wonder how well it pays. I mean, at, at, at the level he's at, like if you want him, you are paying big money for him. But it probably took a long time to get to that point. It's a share of the date, though. You know, like I don't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so. It's a cut of the movie. The um, uh, I think it's John Ottman. He was uh, scoring a bunch of Brian Singer's films. He was also the editor as well. Like he was the person doing the editing, you know, chopping the scenes together and stuff. So it's interesting that a, a conductor would go ahead and do the editing. It probably maybe editing pays more than scoring. Well, it's, I mean, like you think like Danny Elfman, who was like a staple of. 90s superhero oh my god and, and, and 2000 right like you know he did spider-man he did he did batman and and now His spider-man uh, theme was good too yes it was Fantastic. uh and now Sam is bringing him back to score dr strange and multiple whoa, whoa, whoa. i didn't know that as oh. far as, as far yeah. i heard yeah that's... yes okay i'm even more excited so i mean like like we're also probably guaranteed a bruce campbell cameo in there somewhere too of sam raimi it, it was it was Sam Raimi's mom that gave him shit for not casting him in the first Spider-Man movie, and then he had to put him in the movie. He said, "You're not gonna have your your buddy Bruce in the film. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> Bruce Campbell was always my dream Mysterio, but uh, oh. that's not gonna happen. Oh my now. god, yeah, yeah, Bruce Campbell's awesome. But yeah, I, 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 you know. Ever since I first saw Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, like I've been casting, like fan casting Bruce Campbell and pretty <laughs> everything. Yeah, I'm in there somewhere. Oh, um, uh, I think we'll 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 start signing off here. But uh, are you uh, are you watching Loki? Uh, I am. Yeah, I haven't watched tonight's episode yet. But uh, okay, that's exactly where we're going to right after this. Uh, this out of the three series, uh, this is my wife's favorite, easily hands down she cried the first episode so it was like yeah i think this might be the my favorite of the three uh, marvel series what about you uh i'm enjoying it so far uh i think i liked wandavision more than uh falcon and winter soldier yeah just because it like it played around a little bit more with the format i thought but yep. um i've enjoyed them all um i'm enjoying loki uh i i love tom hiddleston in the role uh, all the all the supporting cast is seems pretty great so far. So I'm yep. I'm really intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah, we're gonna do a review once it's done. We're gonna have our uh, frequent collaborator Karen back on. Todd, you watched One Division and you did a yes. review. Have you started watching Falcon and Winter Soldier? Uh, no, way after the fact, <laughs> and then he does a later review, which which is awesome. Yeah, I know I haven't. You've I've got about it. three or four. How many episodes are they doing for Loki? Is it six, eight? Can't remember if it's six or eight. Well, you got a few more weeks, Todd. They're on episode three today of Loki, so. <laughs> and it's only six episodes for for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's kind of a I don't know if it's a bit on the show, but we're always trying to force feed nerd culture down Todd's throat. <laughs> yeah, I call it homework. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hence the opening of the show. Homer. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we, 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 we guessed it on someone else's show. And then um, Todd had, Oh, we're, oh my God. We're, we, we were given like a topic. Pre- yeah. I had to do research and I had to write it all down. It was like, I felt like I was at school again. You had like 12 <laughs> pages of notes. Yeah. For guesting pages. on someone else's show. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, I wanted to try and be prepared, but I had one page, <laughs> but that was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ch- Chadwick, man, it's always fun to have you on. Sorry it took so long to get you back on, but well, COVID happened. But um, yeah, once you get a new book out or something, can we please have you on to promote the crap out of it? Like, I'd, I'd like to use my audience to go out and read your book. Absolutely, I'd I'd be thrilled to come back. So. Yeah, anything you yeah. got, anything you want to promote, it, even if it's just something quick, I'll I'll use my Twitter or whatever I can to you know. Cause uh, you're definitely a good talent. You're definitely a good dude. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And it was, it was fun. So uh, pedal your wares. Where do we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter way too often at Chadwick Ginther. Um, and uh, also on my website, chadwickginther.com. Um, that's usually where, where I hang out online. Um, one of my short stories is currently nominated for an Aurora Award, which is pretty exciting. It's, which, which, uh, one, which one? Let everybody it's called know what it is. All Cats Go to Valhalla. Yes. It is an in, an in canon uh, Thunder Road short story set during the Viking Age uh, with the from the point of view of a cat on a derelict Viking ship. We talked about that the last uh, time you were on, I, I, and it's been nominated. I, I knew it was. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I... I I, I obviously I'm thrilled, but I never expected it for this particular story. Uh, it's, it's so weird, right? Like, but it resonated then, with people. So now, how how can we get that book? Uh, the book it is in is called Swashbuckling Cats: uh, Nine Lives on the Seven Seas. Uh, it's available from Taiki Books, which is a small publisher based out of Calgary. Awesome. So it's available in bookstores. You can order it online. You can go to your Amazon. You can go to your uh, everywhere, I guess. There's a there's a link on my website, and there's a there's an excerpt on my website as well. If you want to give it a give it a try, awesome, cool, dude. Sweet. That was awesome. I do yeah. expect a review of the games that you're playing. I'll probably just see it on Twitter, but I, I want to know the, these other systems you've tried that you're trying, uh, and when you're back to gaming with human beings again, um, uh, just you know jump in every once in a while i actually wouldn't mind every once in a while hop on do a review of the game that you just ran that was new that you hadn't run before or played before yeah kind of a fun little segment awesome dude okay it was great we'll see you all on the flip side all righty later bye